And it's Rich and Gary, and we're still talking baseball. And Rich, we're in quarantine day. I don't even know anymore. I lost count. Uh, how are you this week? Not bad, Gary. How about yourself? I'm I'm hanging in there, Rich. You know what else can you do? Uh, not much to uh, to accomplish, but uh, just trying to uh, you know do some stuff. Keep up to date what's going on. Do a little podcasting. Get a couple of interviews. Do them. You know, that's about it. What else can you do? Yeah. Uh, thank goodness for our hobby with uh, blogging and uh, podcasting here. We had about a half hour tune up before we did this podcast. And we, we always press the envelope. We try to bring us uh, our product the best to the listeners. And we hope they appreciate it. And you may not always see it or hear it because sometimes we have to abandon it, but we do try to do some different things. And we were playing with some um, video and audio stuff today, and it just didn't seem to work out. But I do like the background you created there for yourself. Yeah, for the video version, I figured, you know, let me let me give our listeners that are watching on YouTube over at MLB. Um, baseball talk radio show, uh, a treat. So I figured, let me move my studio from my kitchen <laughs> for my normal view of the refrigerator and the back counter and uh, put something up a little bit nicer for this. But yeah, time has afforded us to, uh, to go into our hobbies. And, you know, I got to say, I've been listening to a couple professional, and I use that in air quotes, podcasts by some of the journalists and, and people in the business. And I got to tell you, I think our show sounds so much more professional than some <laughs> of these podcasts. It's amazing. I mean, the other night I'm listening to the show and I'm like, I, I can barely hear this guy. He sounds like he's on the kitchen floor, like 12 feet away from. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that you mention that because uh, I, I noticed I'm watching the news and of course now when they do a lot of interviews and you know, a lot of these shows on the news channels, they do tons of interviews and they've got everybody coming in by Skype or whatever. And I noticed the same thing. I said, man, their sound is horrible. You'd think they, you know, hook a microphone up to your computer, but you got these echoes and all this other stuff. And I said, man, it's not that much, you know, just stick a microphone in and, and even a lavalier or something, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, there's a definite increase in quality. It goes from night to day. So, uh, like you said, you, you hear some of these professionals, and you know you got to give it to the sound people that are back at the studios, the professionalism of those people. And you know our podcast, we've been doing it for years, so we've gradually uh, made it better over the years right. because we wanted to. And uh, hey, it's April 15th, normally tax day out there. Right. And um, I got a little deposit in the uh, bank today. I got a nice little notification in the morning. I got, uh, oh. I got a lot more money that I can spend on some of this podcasting. <laughs> well, if you need any help. <laughs> I got the, um, the stimulus. Um, oh, did you? Uh, I don't want to discourage our listeners from please uh, checking out our podcast. Uh, our Patreon site or uh, coming over to our anchor.fm 
forward slash baseball talk radio show site where you could also uh, donate as well. But yeah, it was nice to get that stimulus. Finally heard about it so much. A lot of rumors going around that it's taxed. Uh, you're going to have to pay it back. All false. Just wanted to let our yeah. listeners know. Um, it's it's an emergency payment, no tax, and uh, glad to get it. And I'm sure that you've got some uh, bills that it is already uh, uh, aiming for. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, the bills keep coming in. But, um, hey, how about it being Jackie Robinson Day? We're going to start off with great news on the uh, podcast today because we're going to... And then it'll go downhill. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, after about 15 minutes or so, we're going to, like, take that roller coaster ride. <laughs> yeah, Jackie Robinson Day, and, of course, the most confusing day in, in baseball for me because everybody usually wears uh, number 42. So yeah. uh, you can't tell who anybody is if you don't know their faces. But uh, I, any idea what they're going to do this year, being that there's no season, I guess they'll – have to do something once the season starts i in reference to jackie robinson day yeah i would think so no i don't think so i think this is the designated day for it um got a um an email from mlb uh the celebration all day on mlb network uh from from basically the time we're doing this podcast in the morning uh right on through the afternoon and evening, uh, they've got plenty of plans uh, laid out for that and uh, plenty of programming and things all uh, centered around it. I, I really don't think they're going to revisit it if a season starts, so we should enjoy it for today, I believe. So we're not going to – I'm just playing with some lighting here, so if, uh, we're still playing with stuff as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> we're still adjusting and – Still still trying to figure this thing out. Um, oh, it should be an interesting thing then. Uh, I saw a lot of articles going on today about uh, uh, Jackie Robinson Day, and it's, it's really kind of a shame because I know the players look forward to it, and uh, it is, it's a great – honor of the day i can remember one of the first ones that they did i was at uh uh shea stadium that's how long ago that was and um uh rachel robinson was there throwing out the first pitch and it was quite an honor to see her there and uh, uh you know do that and every and she was right below me in fact i think bill clinton was there too but um that was a that wasn't that big of an honor. But. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yes, as you said, seventy three years ago, uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier, and I really didn't know he was the first African American to play Major League Baseball. I find that pretty interesting, but uh, he he did break the color barrier, and a lot of um, I've been watching a lot of baseball as most of us have been during this. Uh, shutdown period and a lot of the old Negro league players you know were quick to say hey it's also us too you know like yeah. thank us a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah um so many great players that never played that that played in those negro leagues and uh and you know there's, it, there's not an argument he was the first official player but they had snuck 
back in the twenties and they, they, they snuck guys in and they, they said they were Cuban or Latino of some sort. And uh, so there's, there was another, I can't think of the gentleman's name, but uh, he was back in the teens in the twenties. I think that actually was the first, if you want to say that, um, but Jackie was the one that really broke the barrier and was the first official, you know, uh, uh, African-American player and really took a lot of use. If you watch that movie 42, uh, or if you read anything by Pee Wee Reese and he talks about those times and Gil Hodges was a good friend of his as well. Um, it was, it was a rough time. I mean, now the politically correct crowd would really be up in arms. Uh, but, uh, he had it rough. That. And, I don't know about that from being at Yankee yeah. stadium <laughs> when I was younger, well. <laughs> my son up there and his friend, and I'll never forget it. My son was a big <laughs> Ken Griffey jr. Fan. And I swear the comments coming out of the crowd, it couldn't have been much worse that day compared to Jackie Robinson's day. I'm sorry. It was just terrible. <laughs> terrible. Well, I, think I don't the, care what the, color you are. It was terrible. I think the difference is uh, it was all around. I mean, it was from the players when he played um, yeah. and it was on the field and, you know, uh, it still goes on in the stands, but you know whether or not they even hear it anymore. Who knows? But um, you know, I, I, I never cared. I mean, uh, if a guy was if I thought a guy was lousy, I didn't care what he was. I still call him a bum. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bum. Yeah, and I, I saw a little bit of um, the highlights of like the Brooklyn Dodgers and. Um, Jackie Robinson's uh, playing during that time against the Yankees. And uh, it was a magical time for baseball. The shot that was heard around the world that, you know, ended the game and (laughs) ended the Dodgers uh, chance there. But uh, yeah, I I hadn't really dove into that too much prior. Yeah, Yeah. I was aware of it and I knew little bits and pieces about it, but I, I didn't want to take the time to sit down and, and study it, so to speak. But I've had plenty of time as most of us had during this uh, shutdown here for the COVID. Um, you have almost no choice to, to keep yourself occupied. Yeah. I, I probably told this story before, but when I was a kid, my parents joined one of those book clubs and they allowed me to get one or two books or something in the, in the initial offering. And, and I picked out this baseball book, and uh, it ended, I think it ended in 1959 or 1960. This was in the 60s, so it was pretty up to date at that time. And it had, and that's really where I got interested in the history of the game and stuff. And it had a lot of these old pictures, like, you know, and then it had a picture of having the double day's ball and, and everything like this. And and I remember we went to the Hall of Fame, and I said, oh, let, I remember that. That was in the book, and that was in the book, and this glove was in the book. Well, the first time I watched the Ken Burns baseball thing, he's showing these pictures, and I'm saying, I recognize those pictures. And sure enough, half of the pictures that he had in the early days, I'm talking about the early 1900s, the 1890s, 
that sort of thing. A lot of those pictures were in that book. So that, that I said, boy, that book was a good basis then because uh, you could see how in-depth that book really was. And, and I was just like nine, ten years old or something, you know. But uh, yeah. I used to go through that book. I loved that book. And then I had another book uh, that I picked up called Big Time Baseball. That, believe it or not, I still have. It's in the other you know, studio, but I, I still, I hung on to that book and that had a lot of the old stories, um, bonehead Merkel and, uh, uh, um, oh, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the, uh, double play combination. Eve is the chance. What's the first guy's name? Uh, it'll come to you. Yeah, it'll <laughs> come to show. me, but, uh, uh, anyway, uh, it had a lot of the old stories, and that went up to 19. I think it ended with Mazeroski's, uh, you know, they did some World Series stories and ended with Mazeroski hitting the home run. That's That was the last blip in the book. And what was interesting, and I remember, it's funny how you remember it. Um, they had pictures of the stars of today, and, and it was uh, Harmon Killebrew was in there looking so young. But he was in a Washington Senator's uniform. <laughs> that was before they moved to Minnesota. So uh, it was just an interesting thing. And uh, I still have, I'll have to bring that book out one of these days. But uh, the, the history is great. I love watching those old films. Um, I love watching the babe run around the bases. I just wish they had more of that and, and more games you know the whole game um yeah uh i would have loved to see more of of garrick and and of ruth and uh those guys you know we could see ted williams and even there there's no full not a lot of full games that you see yeah um but uh yeah those guys the the 20s uh 20s and the 50s especially in New York was really the 50s was the golden era of baseball in New York City yeah. between the Giants and the Dodgers and the Yankees um and i mean there's another great book if anybody ever wants to read it is the boys of summer about the Brooklyn Dodgers terrific book and is I think there's a documentary out somewhere. Maybe you can look at Netflix or Hulu or something. They may have it. Um, that was terrific too uh, about that. And um, yeah, it's just it, it's so much of a rich history with baseball. It's unbelievable. Yeah, as you said, the '50s were a magical uh, decade, as it were, even in the U.S. with the cars. You know the. The mm-hmm. car designs were awesome. Uh, everything just seemed to be blossoming after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, things taken off, you know, developments constantly. And, uh, yeah, it was a magical time. Yeah. Sure, baseball, uh, looking back at it and seeing some of those games, um, the shot heard around the world. Years ago, I subscribed to um, one of the sports card magazine collector type uh, publications and they sent me a, a signed photo from this famous event you know they had the guy signed a lot of them I guess Bobby Thompson uh, Bobby Thompson and I yeah. have it stashed away somewhere still and uh, goes down the history it's uh, just part of the part of the lore of baseball 
Well, here's the funny thing, uh, and I didn't find this out until after he passed away. My wife has a friend, because uh, Bobby Thompson lived in Staten Island. Mm-hmm. My wife has a friend, and Bobby Thompson was his uncle. But he didn't know him that well because he was he was a little older uh, than uh, um, he was older when he became an uncle. You know, his parents had him late in life. But uh, there you go. But I didn't find that out until afterwards, or else I would have had him on some show. <laughs> yeah, of course, you had an in. Yeah, yeah, uh, that would have been a real coup having Bobby Thompson on, but. Uh, uh, you know, even that interesting stories about that. I mean, uh, there are like, I don't know how many variations of the call because the, it was one of the first games they broadcast. So like every network or something had a, a crew there and then there was a radio crew. And of course we all remember the famous call is the uh, Russ Hodges, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. Um, but, um, we digress, and, and uh, you know, there was some sad news this week in baseball as well. Uh, if I'm, I'll start it off. Uh, I know we've got a couple of stories, and, and it's a shame, but, you know, it is news. It is about baseball, and uh, Hank Steinbrenner, the uh, brother of Hal Steinbrenner, who's really the managing partner and running the Yankees, passed away this past week, non-COVID related, by the way. They made a point of that. They didn't really say. I think he had a, an illness he's been battling for quite some time. He passed away at the age of 63, as did uh, Jim Fry. Remember Jim Fry, the manager of the Kansas City Royals and, and uh, the oh, Cubbies and, and uh, other teams? Uh, he passed away at the age of 88. He was the vice chairman of the Somerset Patriots, an independent baseball team. Uh, that is very successful, plays in the Atlantic League of Professional Baseball. They uh, He died Sunday, I believe. They announced it on Tuesday. So um, our uh, condolences go out to the families on that. And I think you've got a, one too, Rich, right? Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit about the Steinbrenner uh, passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 63 years old, which isn't... Very young. Yeah, isn't that old at all? Yeah, um, yeah. I was at the Yankees uh, facility for the first time down in Tampa, and I, I saw a picture of, of Mr. Steinbrenner there, um, and I'm not so sure. There seem to be a couple people walking around that look like him, so I don't know if maybe I happened to see him when I was down there. I'm not sure, but um, there was a couple executives that sort of walked into there at one point. But uh, what a shame, you know, he lived in Clearwater, which is right across the bridge from Tampa and um, just gives you a little sense of how uh, fragile life can be. Yeah, yeah. How you need to take care of yourself and all. But yeah, the next story um, is one that I just found this morning, a 21-year-old college player. We've been hearing about a lot of older people passing away from this coronavirus, but it certainly has no age limitations on on who it's taking, but uh, this appeared in uh, People magazine. Uh, 21-year-old Cody Leister developed coronavirus symptoms last month uh, in March. Um, he was a young college baseball player and had no other apparent health 
um, conditions, according to his family. He was hospitalized within days, put on a ventilator, unable to say goodbye to his family as he laid unconscious before taking his last breath on April 8th. And currently, he's now the youngest person to die in Colorado of the virus. So another sad, sad story there. And there's so many sad stories. Uh, these people, you know, the policemen, uh, firemen, bus drivers, the transportation people, people yeah. in the healthcare industry. It's, uh, it's really, it's overwhelming. Well, it's this, uh, you know, this silent killer, as they say, and uh, really is snuck up on us and really smacked us down. But, you know, we'll uh, thank goodness that it's not as uh, bad as they, they, the early numbers predicted. Uh, of course, one is bad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they were predicting possibly millions and um, – you know, uh, it's 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 a tough thing, and well, we were all dealing with it in our own way. And and I hate to say it, you know, like I believe most of it has been from us self quarantining, staying at home, yeah, uh, the prevention of this. Because there's just, you know, when you look at the the health, um, the old age homes, the um, you know certain places like that, they're tearing through them. Most of the people have it, and a lot of those people don't go outside. So how did they get it? Somebody brought it in there and spread it, yes. one of these super spreaders, yeah. maybe not even knowing they have it. And the elderly, you know, it's it's completely wiping them out. But it, it's not specifically um, geared towards the elderly either, but they're just like sitting ducks, so to speak, of, of uh, not being able to fend off this uh, – disease this virus and uh it's a real shame you know like uh, a lot of people have been talking about you know well they're older people yeah 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 they're people yeah and and uh, the only problem is if if um you know like you say if you're you're in a a nursing home like that you're usually there's some kind of pre-existing condition and that even makes you even more vulnerable to a disease like this and uh it's just uh, it, it's just a killer that that got loose, you know, and and uh, you know, and and really, when you think about it, it, it is quite amazing how it shut down everything, shut down the economy of a country is really incredible, and and it's frightening too because you know. Uh, I was thinking the other day, what happens if the, uh, you know, our other enemies that uh, hate this country and can think, oh, see this biological. I always used to kid. I always used to say, I'm going to eat junk food and crap because when the biological warfare come, I'm going to be all right because there's going to be so much crap in my body that I can fight off anything. You're going to fend off anything. Yeah. And, you know, I, and here you go. Uh, here you go. Now we, we, this is almost like, you know, they say it was an accident. I don't quite believe it, but I'm not going to get into that here. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, is it a form of biological warfare? Well, even if it wasn't intentional, we see that we're not really prepared for anything such as that. Yeah, um, we, nor we're our bodies. And, and you, you have to wonder if all these health food people 
are, you know, are their immune systems strong enough to uptake this or is it the people that are hitting uh, McDonald's all the time? Yeah. And I think you said it right. We weren't prepared for it. Nobody understood the scale of such uh, a pandemic could reach uh, closing down businesses. I think I just read Best Buy laid off uh, 51,000 employees across the country now. And a lot of other millions have been laid off already. So, um, yeah, it struck us uh, economically, socially. It really, uh, I don't think it brought us to our knees yet. And I don't think we're any less of a country because of it, but uh, certainly tested us. And uh, baseball, getting back to our baseball here, uh, Governor Ducey over in uh, Arizona has confirmed that MLB commissioner has held talks with him about restarting the league at some point in Arizona. Uh, since we did our podcast, there's been another uh, realignment type of uh, discussion thrown out there as well, uh, taking place in both Florida and Arizona. Same thing with no fans. Um, I'm not a big fan of that realignment just for this year type of deal. Uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree. Uh, I guess I'm greedy though. I want to see baseball, so I, I'll take anything. Uh, they were talking also about putting in the DH for the year. Um, I'm a little nervous about that. I understand why they might want to do it for a year, but you know, a lot of times when you put something in like that, it never comes back out. Um, I, I could see doing it. Um, I, I had a, a guest on for Mets Musings that I did an interview yesterday uh, for, for uh, the next edition coming out uh, either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, um, and we were discussing, discussing, I should say, not disgusting, <laughs> discussing the logistics of doing it. And the Arizona thing, it's just going to be so huge people don't people don't realize that that you know you need every team and then you need uh, they're going to expand the rosters probably to 30 35 he thought they might even expand to 40 people because they don't want to hurt anybody somebody's calling me yeah um good uh Ringer there. The yeah, thank you. Nice. <laughs> and, um, but the logistics and, and if they want to keep these guys in a bubble, um, it's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be immense if you've got 30 guys on a team. That's 60. And then you've got traveling secretaries and you've got uh, uh, clubhouse guys and you've got the on field, you know, the, 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 the grounds crew. Um, and then you got to have security there. You got security. Um, but they're uh, good at doing this. The MLB is, <laughs> you know, yeah, but. Is, is pretty good at setting these things up. But, um, when is the question? And the governor down there in Arizona says um, he has had talks with Rob Manford about proposals with all 30 teams playing there. He said, quote, we have the facilities that are here. We have the hotel space that is here. We want to make sure the metrics and the data are proper before we're able to go forward. Of course, right. 
you know, but I, logistically, I think they can pull it off. Um, when you think of 30 teams traveling across the country for a better part of seven months a year, I, they're pretty good at uh, working logistics out, I believe. Uh, but that's in an open society. Oh, and that's so open now with, with the all the restrictions, and they want to try to quarantine these guys. And I think so nobody, so they don't get out to the public or the public doesn't get to them, apparently. I don't know what the reasoning is. Um, and that's where the, the real logistics problem, how are they going to keep these guys in a, in a bubble? And then it involves all these other people. So do you keep all these groundskeepers away from their families for months? Do you keep the players away? They're already rebelling against, they don't like that idea. Um, I don't some know them, if it's some feasible. Some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah, um. some of them do, some <laughs> of them don't. Um, I don't know if it's feasible. That's why I think maybe the Florida and the Arizona is more feasible because um, they were talking about playing three games at, at the I – I still call it the Bob, the Arizona Stadium. I don't know what they call it now because it's a dome stadium. But just think of the logistics of that. I mean – You've got, are they going to sanitize the locker room between each each game? You know, it's two locker rooms, and and uh, I, I don't know. I just think the more you, I think if Florida and Arizona, it makes more sense to me to take the realignment and and do it that way. Um, but it doesn't really change anything as far as quarantining players well, it spreads it, it out it more. splits it up between florida and yeah. arizona but i i i don't i don't buy the realignment part of it it's just you know i do want baseball but i don't want it to change so dramatically i, I get it i get it because you want to see the mets play the phillies and, exactly. and the nationals and exactly another season of playing the yankees and you know, for the Phillies and the Baltimore Orioles and people like that. I just, right, that right. doesn't excite me too much, you know. Um, but, yeah, as you said, baseball uh, in any form would be nice, and, and we're still far way away from that. It's only we're doing the podcast here April 15th, quarantining uh, probably three, three and a half weeks now. Yeah. Oh, you froze on me. Oh, there you go. You're back. Uh, before anything like this would happen. so And then they'd have to, I mean, they need at least two, three, four weeks of training to get back or to get to some semblance because they don't want to put these guys out there, um, you know, especially the pitchers without, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of four-inning starters in the beginning to get loose and, you know, at this point, I'd be okay with that because I understand it. You know, they're not ready, and you don't want to rush them and, and, and God forbid, hurt somebody. Um, I wonder if they would change something if a starter is dominating through four innings, he gets the win, you know, instead of the f- going five or whatever, just to um, – and if they make seven-inning games, which is uh, another thing they were talking about for double headers. I know they do that in the minors, so I mean I'm I'm accustomed to that. But uh, I don't know. Well, I I I just think we're so starved for something that whatever they come up with, we'll accept. And 
enjoy because we just want to see it. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of seeing things, have you uh, checked out any of the Players League uh, in reference to the MLB The Show uh, going on mainly uh, at different websites online? Uh, the players, uh, one from each team, have been playing one another right. in the baseball video game world. Have you checked any of that out? I have not, but the other night I did uh, SNY.com here in New York the Met Station, uh, but, but it's on their website. They were they play every game of the season, for, and they're simulating it on MLB uh, the show. And I actually was sitting there watching it, and I said to my wife, "I said, look how how desperate I am. I'm actually watching a, you know, somebody playing a video game, or however they do that." Mm-hmm. They run it, the the games, and, and I'm watching this game here, and it's not even real. But I have yeah. not watched the other the the players playing it yet. No. Yeah, I've uh, streamed a few of the uh, games on my website at fightingphillies.com for the Phillies uh, player who is Reese Hoskins. Uh, so it's it's mildly interesting. Keeps you actually energy. see the player playing it, or is it just the, the game? What do you see? Well, on your player's channel, if they're on a, a, a site called twitch.tv, uh-huh. it's generally the player and then in a small screen and then the game in a larger screen. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, you're watching the game while he's commentating on it. Sometimes they'll get together on the first night, uh, it was it was sort of like a three ring circus. It was you had the uh, you had an announcer from MLB Network on with the two players, all three, and then they were trying to play a video game. So you know he's asking him a question about you know what do you think about this player, and the, meanwhile the guy's trying to play the game. <laughs> it's game. just yeah, it didn't didn't work too well. But uh, he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. You know, like what'd you say? I'm trying to play this video game. <laughs> And, uh, you know, because they're taking it serious. They're only three-inning games. Uh, oh, so that's the, it. Okay. Yeah, so a lot of the times they're going extra innings. And it, it's pretty interesting to hear just some of the commentary coming from a player. Things you normally wouldn't hear them say. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Reese Hoskins, for example, uh, kept saying, you know, I got to get better at this. I got to, you know, represent <laughs> better and he was getting you know uh hit around so to speak and you know uh, they have to bring in relievers and it's there's a little game strategy involved in it right right getting getting to know the player a little a little more there was uh joey gallo uh he's eight and oh so far he's undefeated uh he's the best video game player and he was sort of like you know always a gamer so he yeah, might yeah. have an edge up on a lot of these guys well there you go see they should have had the managers of each team playing yeah, and they counted that, that towards the regular season that could, <laughs> that could be something they might go to uh you know this this was on the fly i thought it was pretty nice especially for the i want to call them the younger crowd that yeah, are into yeah. that video game uh, world, so to speak, and not not that we wouldn't be, but you know. Uh, and then there's also the simulations. I've been following um, 
a thing called Out of the Park Baseball 21 on baseballreference.com. And um, it's been a daily update around 12 noon of all the Major League Baseball teams for that day. And it's a simulated series that they're running on the game. So it'll show you each day right after 12 noon what your players and your team did. That's been interesting as well. Our teams haven't been doing good, though. <laughs> yeah, the Phillies, I think, are 4 and 14 or something last time I checked on the simulation. <laughs> but it's just something to read. You read the box score, you know, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it keeps you keeps your yourself uh, interested in things you used to do when we had baseball and things to watch. So... I'll take just about anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're going back in time, right? Uh, Stratomatic, they must be doing something as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, you know, all these uh, online. Uh, I'm I'm very close to getting out of the park uh, baseball because it's more so for either a PC or a Mac. It's, it's sort of PC-based rather than the MLB, the show, which is one of the console-based games but is it a game per se or is it uh like a stratomatic thing or the out of the park baseball 21 seems to be more to me um stat based and less video game based even though that's part of it um whereas the mlb the show is more lifelike players uh, playing yeah, i know it hitting it's incredible. I mean, I'm watching this this video, and you can tell it's a game, obviously. But I'm, you know, as as you start to watch it, you start to get into it, and you kind of forget. It, it's funny because I flipped on something the other day. Um, I guess it was YouTube, and I I. Not, you know, you can tell the difference, but for a moment I thought, am I watching the, a simulation game, a video game, or am I watching a real game? Then I realized it was a game from last year that, that the, the Mets had won, but uh, I, it, it's, it's incredible when you go back to the you know days of the stick figures and the early uh, video games and stuff, and, and how they look now is incredible. Yeah, yeah, they They've smoothed everything out. And you you still hear the purists, the gamers, say, oh, you know, you still see a little blocking in the players and things like that. Well, oh. go back to our day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, as you said, stick figures. Yeah. Just about. This is phenomenal. Yeah, this is uh, unbelievable. I'm close to wanting to get, get a game console. Too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I there goes that stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got other things I want to stimulus. <laughs> Mike, gotta help the economy. Mike, come on, we gotta <laughs> more money to waste. But uh, yeah, we got to get the economy back on the road. Uh, one little more story about this COVID, and then we'll drop it for for this show. Um, Major League Baseball stepping up for a massive COVID-19 antibody study. Um, over 10,000 employees of 27 teams are going to participate in a study uh, 
that is sponsored by, let's see what the story says here, Stanford University, USC, and the Sports Medicine Research and Testing Laboratory. Uh, it's going to be a small test which will detect the prevalence of what they call IgM, an antibody produced relatively early in those who have been infected with COVID-19, and IG and capital G, a second signal that lasts after the infection. A positive test confirms exposure to the, to the disease, even among the asymptomatic. So I guess MLB uh, trying to find some people that are resistant maybe to this right now, and um, 10,000 people going to partake in that study. And it's not just players, uh uh, by the way, it's it's uh, personnel that work for MLB and whatnot, and uh, it's going to be a big, important study. So it'll be interesting to see how that all comes out. Yeah, and that was part of that, um, as you talked about last show, which I hadn't heard too much about, the herd immunity, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. determine a course of action uh, on the pandemic. So interesting stuff coming up in the medical world and uh, we'll see and you know rich one more and uh, you know we just can't have a good story this week we, unless you got one in your uh, bag of tricks because uh uh this next story is uh about the former texas rangers star remember josh hamilton yes yes Former 2010 American League MVP was recently indicted on a felony charge for injury to a minor per reports. Uh, According to the story, the 38-year-old was indicted by a Tarrant County grand jury for his incident in September of 2019. That incident included accusations of hitting and scratching his oldest of three children. Uh, Per police report, there goes the home phone now. <laughs> Hamilton told his daughter to tell a judge what a terrible dad I am so that she wouldn't have to go to his house again. According to the warrant, uh, Hamilton threw a full water bottle at his daughter's chest. Also included in that, re- that was a report that Hamilton took a chair out from underneath his daughter. What followed was Hamilton allegedly taking his daughter to a room, pinning her on a bed, and hitting her repeatedly on the back of her legs. Hamilton's ex-wife, Katie, has since filed a temporary restraining order on her doctor's behalf. And this guy, I mean, I don't know what the deal is, how true any of this is, but boy, he, he just can't get it right. He's just a mess, you know, if you remember his story with the drugs and they had people following him and they had uh, babysitters with him to keep him away from the drugs and and apparently he still can't get his life straight. Yep, 38 years old, uh, remains free on a $30,000 bond after he turned himself into authorities on October 30th. Uh, So it goes back uh, a little bit on this, this just surfacing in the news and it's a shame you know it's um, something that you hate to hear about and read about um don't know the circumstances over it but uh, still it's it's hard to um to listen to sometimes yeah 
he's got a lot of demons and he just just can't get it right yeah well, we'll we'll keep a a prayer out for him that everything works out and you know somehow um the uh bridges are mended if if possible um that sort of thing uh, Hey, it was Pete Rose's 79th birthday yesterday. Wow. That was a little little ray of uh, sunshine that came through yesterday in the news. I don't know. That's a little depressing. (laughs) I thought he was older, to be honest with you. I mean, did you? He was 42 when he was playing for the Phillies. That was 40 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was 40 years old playing with the Phillies when he won the. uh, I think he was 39 or 40 or maybe even 41 when he won the uh the world series with the phillies in 1980 so i'm always kind of in shock though when i hear some of these ages of these players and and you know guys that you worshiped and pl- watch played and and uh wow 79 that's that's a big number yes it that's is a big mm-hmm. number but god bless him he still looks like he's going strong you know any health problems uh, you know, come on, let's put him in the Hall of Fame and end this thing now and, and let him back in the game, especially after the whole cheating scandal and everything like this. Let, let's He admitted it now in his book, so let him do a big mea culpa once once more at the baseball and, you know, just, just let him apologize one more time out in front of everybody and, and you know, um, and and bring him back into the fold. He don't have to work and get the game. He's seventy nine. Yeah. Just just let him in so he can get into the Hall of Fame. And and uh, they're gonna wait until he dies, and then somebody will say, "Well, you know, he really should be in the the hit king." So yeah, out of humility for <laughs> a fellow human being, yeah, I I agree with you. The 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 time is right, uh, especially with this COVID thing going around now right changed you know they're letting people out of prisons they're letting this they're letting that Uh, i'm not saying it's right what he did gambling on baseball uh, but he's been going through he's been banned for over 30 years um and i agree with you i'd I'd love to see the chance to for him to just know that hey i'm in the hall of fame um it would mean the world to him and you know what is it going to mean off of the backs of anybody out there that that still has an axe to grind with Pete Rose. I mean, bury the axe, go on with your lives, let him be a Hall of Famer, and and let's you know end the silliness. Exactly, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, the guys to hit. Look, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be about what you do on the field, and there was none better. There, there were plenty of guys with more talent than Pete Rose, but none of them were better. He made everybody better. He made himself beat people with his hustle, with his just pure determination. And what, I don't care whether he was a rotten human being or what. He was magnificent. The other day I was watching something on MLB. They had the um, – um, the Philly game, or well, I forget what it was, a playoff game or something, and 
And to watch him play again and take a walk and run down the first and steal second. And, and like you said, he's 40 years old. And he's stealing second off these guys. Head first ah, slides. Head first slides. And, and the baseball instinct that he had that, loved, you know. He lived, ate, slept, and lived baseball. And I still believe, and I could be naive, I don't believe that he bet against his team. Yeah, and it's a shame that he even did that, you know, like uh, it is a shame, but betting betting in general in games is is not a good idea. It's right. it's it's silly. Uh take it from me. <laughs> I've I've done it a little <laughs> bit of of gambling since uh, New Jersey's got the online for <laughs> for free with the sports and I would, I caught myself saying, you know, who cares who won that game? Why did I even bet that game? I'm not going yeah. to do this anymore. And I just stopped. I was like, yeah. you know what? Like, who cares? Go play the slot machine. It's a lot more fun. Now my band from <laughs> baseball for life. Cause I bet on a baseball game. So I well, I mean, that. look, you know, they did it. They, they banned Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays that one year because they were getting paid a hundred grand a year. Um, as uh, greeters for a casino, but you know those guys, they didn't, didn't have the money. same, huh? They didn't make money like they do today. Exactly, they didn't have the same opportunities that today the uh, players do. Um, they weren't as educated as today's. A lot of these guys today go to college or or you know are drafted out of college. Those guys were drafted as, as especially like a Willie Mays. He was he grew up in the, in the Alabama, I think it was, or George, Where did Willie Mays grow? Well, anyway, he was dirt poor, and and this was his way out of that. Mickey Mantle grew up in Oklahoma as a dirt poor. His father was a miner, and and he did it to avoid that. Well, he was a great player, but I mean, but you know what I mean? It, it, like you said, it, these guys weren't highly educated. Somebody's handing him a check for a hundred thousand dollars to stand there every so often and shake hands or go to a thing. And, and yet they came down on top of them. They weren't betting. They were just representing a casino. And then the, the ironic, thing nowadays is with with major league baseball and, and the nba owning shares in these betting things mm -hmm. these uh, uh sports kings or whatever the heck they're called and and yeah. i don't care how you slice it we've discussed this a million times before it's betting and you can call it fantasy you can call it whatever you want to you're 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 supporting and you're owning betting parlors almost and you're taking money from people that can at least afford to that's to right sometimes and and so if you're going to do that then let pete rose in that's that's and i'll get off my soapbox now <laughs> and i'll just uh end the podcast here by uh you brought up willie mays and you you put a light bulb off in my head uh as a kid <laughs> and i think i've told this on on this podcast before, but we've, we've done the show for many years. So we always have new listeners so I can keep repeating my old story. <laughs> but, but I remember growing up outside of Atlantic city. And as you said, Willie Mays worked for Bally's um, corporation and he went around to different functions and parties and things like that and mingled with the people. And he was, 
at a benefit softball tournament one uh, evening in my small town right outside of Atlantic City. And I actually sat next to him in the bleachers, uh, a, a chance of a lifetime, something that'll never be done again, obviously, because I'm, I'm older now. But I looked over at Willie Mays and I just noticed his his World Series rings on. And I was just in awe. I was like, wow, I'm sitting next to Willie Mays watching softball. It was amazing. Did you talk to him at all? A little bit, but I was so young that, you know, uh, what could you say as a young person? But I was, you know, I Did was you get very, his autograph or anything? I don't know if I even asked him for his autograph uh, during that. I, I don't believe so. Um, but it was just nice to, you know, mingle and sit next to him. And I knew he was, uh, you know, a luminary in the baseball world. Yeah. And I was just like in awe of like, hey, you know, like I'm hit, I'm sitting next to Willie. Wow. Mays. That's, wow. that's something else. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, What's the oldest autograph? Are you an autograph guy or uh, were you uh, younger? A little bit. My mom uh, used to get her to get my autographs if she could. She worked at the first casino in Atlantic City at one point, and they used to get a lot of the baseball stars in there. And, and she got me quite a few autographs from uh, players like that. But I, I was never an autograph hound. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. If you want to go out and get them yourself, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's hard work. It's not easy. Uh, but back then, I I didn't have a pen. I was a kid. I didn't think of you know Willie Mays, and nobody else was really bothering me anyway. But yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. like you know, it was pretty cool. I was, remember myself looking over at his rings and on. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. He had a suit jacket on and all, but. Uh, you know, if if it weren't for things like that, you wouldn't see some of these players. You wouldn't get around them. And uh, even Pete Rose, for example, I met him locally in the South Jersey area. He opened the Kmart one time. He was yeah, an yeah. honored guest. So, yeah, he, he was in the sporting goods section. So you go back there and he had run out of color uh, autograph, uh, eight by tens he was given out. Right. And I got, I did get a, a mimeograph copy of, of his autograph, yeah. a, a real copy, you know, yeah. and I talked to him and said, man, you were the best Pete, you know, like, so it's, it's, you know, I, to a certain extent, you miss some of that nowadays. I don't know if there is the, the connection, everything is so they ushered in, they rush it out. Um, you know, I, I when you read the like I said, the Boys of Summer is a great book, and and you read about how these guys used to walk through the streets of Brooklyn to go, you know, from Ebbets Field to their houses. They lived right in the community, and then we go, hey, how you doing? You know, that could never go on nowadays. I don't think. Um, maybe in their community, you know, where they live, but everybody lives all scattered now. Um, it's just a different time. Uh, and then you do meet some of these guys and some of them are nice. Some of them are not. I mean, I met Ron Darling at a book signing and couldn't have been nice. I had interviewed him and I, you know, I, I reminded him that I had interviewed him like a couple of weeks before. And, um, we had talked about, my mother had a picture taken with Babe Ruth. Everybody knows that story. And I brought the pictures with me cause he was very interested when I was speaking, when I was interviewing him. Mm -hmm. And he got so interested in the pictures uh, 
um, when I was there that they had to come over and they had to say, you know, we get other people online because he was taking so much. <laughs> so we, him and I were talking so much that it was like crazy, you know, the people were waiting behind us and, and he right. was like, oh, look at these pictures. Yeah, these pictures are great. Yeah. So when he's asking when to take place, what, you know, yeah. and we were having a regular conversation, but um, very nice guy. Uh, you guys uh, and then I've heard lunch sometime, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Then I've heard stories about other guys like like uh, uh, Keith Hernandez, great announcer, uh, but not the nicest guy in the world, you know, uh, Mariano Rivera. Not the nicest guy in the world. Uh, in fact, he did a book signing, and, and I, I'm not sure. I'd have to ask my friend Jeff of Baseball and Barbecue. Um, I forget the story completely, but I don't know if he never showed up for the book signing or he had signed earlier the books and or he was there, but he wasn't signing the books. The books were already signed. He just handed you the book or something or other. But, um, you know, sometimes you have to go a little bit out of the way for the fan. I mean, we are, we, we still pay the salary. We still are. And, you know, who knows? Maybe this COVID virus thing will have an impact on them in that if they're playing in front of uh, empty stadiums, they'll realize how much important the fan is to the game. And yeah. uh, maybe that'll help uh, bridge the gap more between the fans and, and the players. Yeah. And I think the players know that to a certain extent, but bringing you back to the MLB, the show with the players playing, yeah, you can see some of that in the chat rooms that are going on at twitch.tv if you want to check it out. It's usually around anywhere from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. is when they're starting these games. Uh, but in the chat rooms, you'll see all the, and I want to call it stupid questions that people ask. You know, <laughs> like, hey, you know, what's your favorite dinner? You know, uh, this, that, or the other. Like, I mean, I can imagine that that gets old after a while. and being a player or anybody in a public figure type of job, I, I, I could see somebody getting a little like dull edged <laughs> around people, you know, like don't ask me such <laughs> silly questions, but yet, you know, that's what people do. So I, I see both sides of, of what could be the story with that as being not cold, but you know, uh, after a while, I guess you get tired of it. I guess so, and and I can remember listening to a a, a successful podcast, and I'm not going to mention it with I don't even remember the name of it at this point in time, but that was the kind of questions that they asked. What was your favorite movie? What's your favorite color? And I'm thinking, do they really want to answer that? And yet some of them seem like, yeah, they enjoyed it talking about that stuff. Right, because I guess know. it was, you know, the, the hosts were around their age and everything, and I'm thinking, but and it's promoting them know. to an audience, so to speak, in a certain way with an interview like that, as opposed to, uh, you know, Joe in the corner saying, hey, you know, what's your favorite color? You know, like, what's it to you? You know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's more self-promotion at that point, I think, on a, uh, a syndicated show. And I've, I've seen them as well, you know, like silly, silly questions. Yeah. And all, but, uh I think they understand that that's more so like 
put they're just promoting their brand and all of that exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah, all the, you know, it could be. It could pushing be. their egos up a little bit, and yeah. But uh, anyway, we we made the best of this podcast. Well, uh, certainly we had a lot. To, it, it is amazing how there's still a lot of stuff we can talk about. I don't know as we go on whether or not. Uh, well, we'll find. We'll just chat then, and and. Uh, I think it'll be fine. We we always seem to put together a nice uh, content. And by the way, before I forget to mention, please give us an email, uh, Gary at baseballtalkradio.com or Rich at baseballtalkradio.com. We used to hear from a lot of people out there. We know there's still a lot of people out there listening, so drop us a line one day if you want. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and and uh, please listen and subscribe because uh, you know to be honest, listenership's down a little bit. And uh, I noticed uh, I've spoken to uh, people on other podcasts, and that they're they're getting the same thing and the different theories. You know, uh, uh, some people think that a lot of people listen. Oh, a lot of people listen during their commute, and being that we're not commuting anywhere, that's. Uh, mm-hmm. That's hurting, and we understand that. But, uh, you know, uh, don't forget to tell your friends and family about us so uh, we can keep doing this. We want to keep doing this. We want to keep talking baseball during this time and, and beyond. And, and so, uh, you know, but we don't want to – well, we do, like, enjoy talking to one another. <laughs> but we like to have other people in on the conversation as well. That's true. I thank you all for joining us for this podcast, the Baseball Talk Radio Show. You can find us over at anchor.fm forward slash Baseball Talk Radio Show. We're on all the major podcast uh, aggregators there, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. So please check it out. Hit the subscribe button, as Gary said. You can subscribe to the show and uh, become part of it with a small monthly donation if you'd like over at our anchor site send us an email it's been nice uh, the show gary and i can't wait to the next one me neither rich and i'll see you next time